It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings, and we have a very fun show for you today. As always, you can find this show on podcast apps like the new Himalaya or anywhere else like Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite shows. And if you don't like digging through all that stuff, you can always ask your smart device, your Siri or Amazon Alexa or whatever, to play podcast Locked on Vikings. This is especially handy in the car when you don't want to be looking at your phone or if you just want it to be more convenient and voice activated. It'll take you right to the latest episode of this show. It works for Locked on Draft, Locked on NFL, anything you want. We even have a new MLB channel. We have a few MLB teams with their own Locked on podcasts. Go check that out if you are a fan of baseball. So we don't have a lot of news today. There was some comments by Mike Zimmer about some of the players, and there was a really cool article. I will uh, link this cool article about Mike Zimmer and his just dedication to the sport and how he, like, tried to go relax in his ranch and, like, couldn't bear to not be watching tape, so he just started watching tape on his downtime, too. Like, the dude is insane, and it's a cool insight into who he is. But otherwise, in those same, uh interviews that he gave to reporters, he did mention something about Xavier Rhodes, and I I neglected to mention it in previous shows, so I do want to touch on it. He talked about how Rhodes kind of needs to quote-unquote play up to his contract, and I think a lot of people are going to latch onto that quote for a long time. It kind of reminds me of the, like, Anthony Barr Coast quote, which which, uh, Mike Zimmer actually did kind of say, like, all right, I regret saying that because y'all, like, turned it into such a huge thing. You know, he, he was not really playing great that year, and then he started playing better. Like, it worked. What do you want? And I wonder if the same thing will happen to Xavier Rhodes. However, there is one thing that we can discern about it if we trust Mike Zimmer. And remember, this is the time of year where everybody lies all the time. So, you know, everything with a grain of salt, and it could all be mind games, but that's the kind of thing you wouldn't say if you were trying to trade Xavier Rhodes, which is something that some people had speculated. There'd never been any reports, but that does just kind of confirm it. Right now, where we stand in terms of the Vikings and their roster building is they still have uh, Brett Jones mulling over an offer, and if he doesn't take it, they'll probably offer it to Tyler Shatley, and you'll get a a backup offensive lineman that way. And Sean Mannion is going to come visit over the weekend, so we could come in on Monday and talk about how there's a new quarterback in the room. And I, I think kind of coupled with yesterday's show about competition, I think it warrants talking about the Vikings' needs. And the Vikings don't have very many needs as starters. They need a guard, and in my opinion, they need a three-technique defensive tackle. And in terms of, like, starters and, you know, every down players, other than that, they're kind of set. Yeah, they could use an extra wide receiver. They could maybe improve at this position or that position. But they're not playing any backups, and that's really good. Most teams at this time of year before the draft are looking at playing backups or players that just shouldn't be starting at all. And a lot of teams take those problems into the season with them, sometimes willfully and bafflingly. So it's nice to see that the Vikings don't have a a lot of needs at starter, except for the guard and, and the defensive tackle one, which are kind of everybody agrees upon the two biggest needs. However, that's 
not really what you look for in the draft. The draft is not for this year. The draft is for all the years. Because when you draft somebody, especially in the first round, that's your next player for the next five years. So if you're going to really draft for need, draft for a need you are looking to have for five whole years. Now, that doesn't disqualify guard. guard that's still true of guard. But it's also true of, like, edge rusher, isn't it? And, and it's kind of a little bit true of, like, backup safety. They don't really have any depth there. So I thought it was worth a look to go over the Vikings roster and the status of it and really lay out all of the Vikings needs and we'll probably lay out more than can be filled in the draft and that's just the way of things right you just can't have a perfect roster but it'll be an interesting exercise to look at really what the Vikings need and exactly how dire those needs are. As for Xavier Rhodes, obviously the team is not going to plan to do anything with him. He just signed a pretty big extension and he's under contract for quite a while. And the team is not trying to trade them as far as we know and understand. And if you read the tea leaves of comments, you know, even if you put a grain of salt in it, it's still pretty obvious they're not trying to trade Xavier Rhodes. And I think they're just hoping that he can bounce back from what was a relatively rough 2018 by his standards. He was playing injured pretty much that whole year, so hopefully he stays a little healthier in 2019, and things improve. That said, the defense was very far from a problem in the 2018 season. It was a pretty good defense. It wasn't as good as 2017 or even like the good parts of 2016, but it was a pretty good unit, and if you get that level of play from your defense every year, I think you have a shot so long as your offense can you know, carry you through games, and that's the problem the Vikings need to address is getting to that point. There isn't really much else going on in Vikings news. There is an official cap number now that Dan Bailey has officially like put his contract on the books and that's all been processed. The Vikings have, to be exact, $2,573,682 of cap space. That is a number that might scare you a lot considering that they still have like offer sheets on the table and like free agents coming in and stuff and how are they going to do this. They may have to do another restructure or they may try to make a trade or something to clear out cap space. That is absolutely a possibility. However, those numbers right now don't necessarily represent where their situation will be when they actually have to get under the number. Remember, they're still top 51 considerations and all kinds of stuff they could do to move around little bits of money here and there to sign like a random bargain bin backup quarterback like Sean Mannion or, you know, give a million and a half to a guy. Those types of contracts do add up, but they aren't the kind of thing that like require you to make a big move to make cap space to make happen. And I, I do think if it really comes down to it, like they're going to just not spend money on Sean Mannion if they can't afford to without like having to release a player or do something crazy. Plus, a lot of the options that we talked about earlier in the offseason have come off the table now that we're in the new league year and all, a lot of that money has become guaranteed. You know, if they hadn't, for example, cut Mike Remmers, his money would have become guaranteed. And the same thing is true of like Riley Ree for cutting Trey Waynes or doing all that stuff. You can't get out of that money now. It's kind of too late. And again, the Vikings have had this charted out. They have this charted out through like 2021. That's how most teams tend to handle things. They will chart out their cap and like really know what plan and what's in their budget to spend where. So that number might be scary, but when we actually get into camp, remember they have to bring 90 players into camp. They're going to have some, like if you try to do all that math on the back of the envelope, you're going to get some really weird results. So don't worry about that too much. And when signings do happen, we will talk about the ramifications and what that means. And, and if they do make a cap space move, we will definitely talk about that. But for now, let's continue to focus on the draft. I'm going to step away to a quick ad break. And when I come back, we'll talk about the prospect of the day. And we'll talk about the Vikings need, especially with an eye toward the draft. So I'll see you guys all in a minute. 
Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. All right. So let's talk about today's prospect of the show going to be LJ Collier. He is a TCU defensive end. He projects as like a 4-3 edge rusher. Think of Steven Weatherly type. Not to mention that the Vikings held him on a private visit in their pre-draft process. So the Vikings have shown a lot of interest in him and he projects as maybe a third or fourth round guy. So we have to hold him up to that standard. If we hold him up to the same standards as like a first round guy and expect everything to, per- to be perfect, we're obviously going to be disappointed. But he does have some flaws that do sink him down to that kind of mid-round range. He has kind of a lack of like play strength. He is not very agile. A lot of the people who like scouted him and really did their good work over at like the Draft Network and like Lance Erline and all those guys that that do this every year, they all kind of agree that like if he is expected to make a play in space, he's going to get beat by agile running backs. And that's a problem, right? He's not, he, he gives you a lot going forward. And he's very good at getting past people, but he's not very good at letting at not letting people get past him. And some of that is just functional athleticism and and his like length and frame. Sometimes you can help that out with technique, but that's a very tall order. It's not like the thing, the kind of thing that you can coach up, which means that he's just not going to be as valuable of an asset. And that's going to mean that his price goes down. He does have, however, a, a very good polished game is, I guess what I'd call it. You know, he, he has, I mean, plenty of like issues that you'd expect from any college player, but he has like the mental processing. He makes very few mental mistakes. He's very rarely in the wrong place at the wrong time. He'll hit his gap. He'll be where he is supposed to be. That is a lot of the battle, especially in a defense like Zimmer's where a lot of the times the scheme is just giving you free sacks and and free pressures and opportunities. Just being in the right place is what like lets that whole engine go. And so I, I could see the Vikings like, picking that up on tape and then really valuing it very highly. For example, there was, I think it was like a week or two ago, I did a Twitter thread after uh, some comments on the Anthony Barr signing. I think it was Zimmer did a press conference about it. And there were some comments about him like opening up things for the rest of the defense. And so I did a a thread on the Miami game. If you remember the Miami game last year, that game the Vikings got nine sacks 
And he, Zimmer cited, I think he was talking, I'm pretty sure he was talking about this game, a game where it was the only game in the year where they didn't account for Anthony Barr and the Vikings got like 10 sacks, he said. The 10 sack game against the Lions, Barr didn't play in, but this is a nine sack game that he did play in and he got the first two sacks. So I'm pretty sure he was talking about that one. And I did a Twitter thread. I'll I'll link the thread below and I'll link this specific tweet, which was one of the blitz designs was really, really fun. It was Tom Johnson crashing down from the right side of the formation all the way to the left side of the formation. Daniil Hunter coming, crashing in from, from five technique all the way out, like lining up on the edge and basically crashing in to come take out the guard so that Tom Johnson can loop around. And it was a stunt that way. And that was what was going on on the left. And every other player that was coming was on the right. So what you get is the Dolphins have to adjust their protection and slide it all the way over toward where Anthony Barr and a whole bunch of other people are. And then you get Tom Johnson basically looping around a an offensive line that is both encouraged to go the wrong way and has Daniil Hunter coming in and pushing them the wrong way. And Tom Johnson loops around and gets a free sack. I don't think he got touched on the play except by the quarterback. So those are the kinds of things that if you line up wrong and if you do the wrong thing, like say Daniil Hunter freelanced, say he was like, yeah, this is a, this is dirty work though. I, I see an opportunity. I think I can beat this guy and I'm going to go for a sack myself. Well, if he wins, then great. And, and if he doesn't, which is usually what happens on any pa- given pass rush, you know, even the best pass rushers only win like one out of five times, then suddenly Tom Johnson will have an obstacle in his way when he's trying to loop around and the guard that is assigned to Tom Johnson isn't taking a Daniel Hunter to the face, so he'll have a much easier time following Tom Johnson as he, a like 33-year-old defensive tackle who's not going to have that much agility, is probably not going to be able to outrun uh, an offensive guard. So you would really like ruin that if you maybe forgot the play call or if Daniel Hunter like got cocky and tried to, you know, be a hero. Instead, no, he does his job. He crashes down into the guard. The team gets a sack and everybody is happy. That kind of thing is really important. And when you make mental mistakes, even if you're not the star of the play, like that play was designed for Tom Johnson to be the star of it. And even if you're not the star of that play, if you do the wrong thing, you can screw the whole machine up for everybody. So when you see a guy on tape in college avoiding those mistakes, that might be something that's very tasty to Mike Zimmer and his defense. Now, the Vikings do have a slight needed edge rusher. I will go into that a little bit later at the show. Not in the starters, right? You have Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. They're your entrenched starters. Nobody is going to compete over them. And you have Stephen Weatherly as depth, but everything else is very nebulous. And you have a lot of people like, you know, Adea Aruna coming in out off of a, a torn ACL and somebody like Afadi Odenabo who might play defensive end or on the interior and all those guys are like roster bubble level guys so bringing in a third or fourth round defensive end is something that could definitely help the team so I could see them taking LJ Collier personally I'm not a huge fan he has good hand technique and is able to you know he has pass rush moves he has the mental processing he has a plan and I think that he's got like the awareness that you need to succeed in the, in the professional level. But I don't think that he has enough natural ability to really be worth it in those mid rounds. My philosophy, this is kind of a philosophical thing for me. I, I would rather get bigger, raw athletes in those mid rounds because those are risky draft picks and you have to bet something But betting a third or fourth round pick isn't going to, you know, make or break your franchise and it could have a huge impact if it pays off. So that's where you take those high risk, high reward guys, in my opinion, with those third, 
fourth round picks. Not a guy with a very high floor, but also a low ceiling. And that's what I see LJ Collier as. Like if you're going to go toward the the edge defending version of that evaluation method that I talked about a few weeks ago, where you say, you know, you have to ask that question, what do I want from an edge rusher? What traits do I want him to show? Well, I think explosiveness, like burst, you know, get off the line explosively and really just come shot out of a cannon. That's going to make you really hard to defend and bend, especially on an, on the edge rusher. If you imagine like an edge rusher versus a tackle, just those two players and forget the rest of the people on the field. And, you know, you, you see all the time an edge rusher that doesn't have enough bend and they'll just kind of get like taken up field and the tackle beats them without ever engaging. They can just kind of, if the tackle is is athletic enough, the tackle can just kind of like stride for stride go with them. And soon enough, the edge rusher has, you know, run five yards upfield and the quarterback is out of reach. So if you don't have that bend, this is something that Daniel Hunter is elite at. He has that bend. He can turn on a dime and suddenly just a, a, a half inch of space against the tackle, you know, just a, a little bit of a step can be enough for him to get the edge and get a pressure. LJ Collier doesn't really have that. And if you're going to draft like a developmental guy, you know, LJ Collier seems to have everything together that he's supposed to. He was asked to do a lot in TCU's run defense. He was asked to perform a very complex job. He did that well, and he very rarely made mistakes, and he very aptly read plays. And if there were any problems with that, that's the kind of thing you expect coaching to fix. I don't really trust coaching to fix, like, bend and burst. You can improve somebody's technique and get them to leverage their body a little bit more, but his tested athleticism was also, like, left a lot to be desired. So he is somebody that the Vikings did meet with, and I could see them drafting him. I personally wouldn't be very much of a fan of it. If you're going to draft an edge rusher in the mid-rounds, which is something I think is definitely a possibility, something I might even do in a mock draft Mondays here or there. Give me somebody in the Daniil Hunter mold where they are athletic and raw, and the more you teach them, the more potential can be realized, rather than somebody who's already at his potential and has proven that really they're just going to be underwhelming. So on a completely different note, as I said at the top of the show, you can find this podcast on this new thing called Himalaya. It's a new podcast app. They curate playlists with you and they have all kinds of cool features. It's much more than just like a library of shows. And if you go subscribe to Locked on Vikings right now, they will start figuring out what you like, curating things and helping you sift through the insane volume of podcasts there are out there. So go check out Himalaya, download it at the App Store and subscribe to Locked on Vikings. If you don't like it, you can always find the show on Stitcher and Podbean and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're not leaving that at all, but do go check it out. Give it a try. So let's talk about need. The Vikings have needs on their roster, and a lot of them are very obvious. You know, the Vikings need a starting guard. They currently have four starting offensive linemen, and by starting, I mean guys who have started in any extended period at all. Riley Reef, Pat Elfline, Brian O'Neill, and Josh Klein are the only ones with like more than a few games of starting experience under their belt. And that's not to say that those guys are are good or long-term answers or anything. They're just like can be classified as has started NFL games. Danny Isadora has taken a couple games in relief. Aviant Collins has played a, a little bit here and there, but those guys are not starters. You're not going to put them at left guard and be happy about it. So the Vikings do need a fifth starting lineman. That guy could be a left guard and that would fit very cleanly. You could also be a center and you'd have to move or a tackle. You'd have to move somebody. We'll see how all that plays out, but that's very clearly a need. And I think in terms of like, there is nobody to compete 
at left guard, you need somebody who is good enough to come in and be the anointed starter. That's probably the only need on the roster. I don't really see another one anywhere else unless you want to count like wide receiver three as a starting position, which is fair. You could do that. I am not. I'm, I have a different category for positions like that, that kind of are in and out depending on the formation. But most of their needs do fall in that category. And I think if, in terms of like every down starter, a guy who should play every single one of the plays, which is a left guard, that's really the only one that the Vikings are missing. But in a kind of second tier, this is where you find a lot more of the Vikings needs. Now, I'm trying to organize this by like tiers of usage. So you have like every down starter. That's your offensive line, you know, your quarterback, your Diggs and Thielens, your Harrison Smiths, you know, your your starting edge rushers, guys that are going to play every single play for as long as it is prudent to do so considering fatigue and all that. But then there's your rotational players. And I think there's probably, you know, if there's 11 players on each side of the ball, I would say that like eight or nine of them on each side of the ball are those like every down players. So you kind of have like 16, 17, 18, every down players on either side of the ball. And then I think you have like six to eight rotational players. No, your wide receiver three, your nickel corner, your third linebacker, guys that are important enough. They're going to play every game. They're, they're going to be in on every game and they're going to play a decent chunk of your snaps. Everything from, you know, a slot corner will play 75% of the snaps because of how often teams use three wide receiver sets nowadays. And similarly, you know, your third wide receiver is going to play uh, quite a few snaps. Your fullback isn't going to play as many, but they're kind of important. Your second tight end isn't going to play all the snaps. Kyle Rudolph probably in on like most of the plays. David Morgan, eh, not so much. And those positions are kind of, we'll call them rotational players. And, and don't get that confused with like Steven Weatherly, who is a backup that comes in when like, Everson Griffin gets tired, but he is not a rotational player. I mean, guys that have their position, but that position happens to be something that isn't in on like every single play. And in that world, I think the Vikings have a need at wide receiver three. And I don't think many people would disagree with that. I don't think we're ready to move with, you know, Laquan Treadwell being in on like more than half of the, of the snaps. I think that they have a, a need of competition as at the third linebacker spot. I think Eric Wilson, I like Eric Wilson for the price that he brought. He has out, absolutely outplayed his undrafted free agent stock. Um, and I think that he and Ben Gedeon are a decent competition. And I would like to add one more party to that, to that that could be taken seriously as a rotational linebacker. I don't think that they need a third corner. They kind of have a competition between Mike Hughes and Mackenzie Alexander going on right now. That'll be really fun in camp. And I think whoever comes out of that victorious will probably have an you know, a positive impact on the team. And also I'll put in this tier because it's not like you need a definitely anointed starter, but you still need somebody to compete for the start at three technique. And I would call three technique a position in that first tier where, you know, you've got a three technique on the field pretty much every play. Um, and Shamar Stefan like can be that guy, but should be competed with. So to bring in a guy that's like competition for Shamar Stefan and kind of, you know, kicks off that process that we talked about yesterday probably falls in this tier. So I would put defensive tackle, three technique defensive tackle in this tier of things. So a wide receiver, a linebacker, and a defensive tackle in this tier. Now the next tier is where we get to some of the needs that I think people are undervaluing in most drafts. You know, the backup depth developmental player need. And I think edge rusher falls here, right? Everson Griffin isn't getting any younger. And he is on a contract that might be voided at the end of next year, the way that negotiations kind of ended up. He kind of, he took the restructure and then said, yeah, you're going to cut me next year, but I'd rather hit the free agency market next year after I've presumably had a bounce back year. 
And whatever happens with that, his time here is limited. Even if he does play out his contract, you're going to kind of start to want to get his replacement going now. And so to do that prudently, you need that developmental backup edge rusher. I like Steven Weatherly for what he does. And as a rotational player, I don't quite think he's a starting caliber player. He could prove me wrong and he's been developing fine. And maybe he could become that later. He isn't right now, though. And if you're going to look at edge rusher in the draft, I think you, you can't really look at Steven Weatherly as a, a prohibitive force stopping you from picking a developmental edge rusher. That's another reason why I kind of want like a better athlete than a guy like LJ Collier, because they'll have time to develop. Get a guy with, with traits, but maybe mental issues or, you know, technique issues, and you have all the time in the world to, to work that out. And then for the same price, you can get somebody with a much higher ceiling and a much better probability of realizing that ceiling than if he went to a team that needed an edge rusher immediately. I would also put tight end in this camp. I think that, you know, Kyle Rudolph is going to be playing on a contract year. And because of that, you might want to start getting a replacement for him. You do not know how those contract negotiations are going to go, if you're going to be able to get him back, if you're going to want to get him back. And right now, David Morgan, as good of a rotational player as he is, he's one of those kind of role players. I don't think he's ready to take that next step and be the every play tight end. So I think tight end is another need where you need an either backup or a developmental guy. I would also put safety in this category. You know, the Vikings lost a couple safeties. Now they have Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, and I guess he would count Jaron Curse, although he's been playing more nickel corner now anyways. You know, call him like a swing defensive back, backup type guy. You do need another guy to round out that group, though. And I don't think that, like, Jack Tocho or whoever you bring in on the practice squad is going to be that guy. I think in the draft, you want another depth piece. If, if Harrison Smith does get injured or, you know, I mean, it's impossible to replace Harrison Smith, but let's say Anthony Harris gets injured and you need to put in J Ron curse as your every play safety. Are you okay with him having that job by default? I would like to bring in competition for J Ron curse as that like next man up safety I don't think you need a developmental guy. I think Harrison Smith's contract situation and age situation are not really at all in need of being addressed right now. And Anthony Harris, I think you're just going to want to extend him, even though he's going to be playing on a one-year deal this season. I think you'll want to extend him instead. And even though we already said guard, we're going to say guard again because the Vikings are just lacking interior offensive line. And this is assuming that they'll take one of Brett Jones or Tyler Shatley. They still need another guy. And I still think that they need another offensive tackle to be like depth. So to recap, what we came up with was they need a starting guard, obviously. They need a competitive three-technique defensive tackle, somebody to compete with Shamar Steven. They need a wide receiver three. They need a third linebacker to come in and be competitive with uh, Ben Gedeon and Eric Wilson, somebody who can kind of push those guys to either beat them out or beat those guys out and just improve upon the position. And in terms of backups, this is where a lot of teams always have a bunch of needs, but I am listing tackle, guard, safety, edge rusher, and tight end as kind of backup depth. You know, you need a guy who is consistently rosterable, I guess is the way that I'm going to define it. Somebody who is not like a roster bubble guy, somebody who will make your team and hopefully is part of the plan for the future. That is, you know, like eight positions I think I just listed and the Vikings have eight draft picks. It is not going to work out perfectly where they pick like those eight people, 
Uh, I would love it. That would be awesome. But obviously that's not how things are going to work out. And there's going to be some needs left unaddressed or some things that they're going to have to deal with in less advantageous situations to do so, depending on how the draft board falls and how all that works out. We'll see how it goes, but it is also a nice exercise to kind of lay that out so that in future episodes, I can come back to this episode and say, remember, we talked about this need. Hopefully, as we drag on through the, le- the rest of this part of the year, everything will start to kind of tie together. So that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Vikings. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. You can always find this show on that new Himalaya podcast app. Check it out. Give it a shot. See if you like it. And if not, go back. It's no big deal. And if you don't like podcast apps altogether and you want to do this hands-free because you're in the car or you're just lazy, you can always ask your smart device to play podcast Locked On Vikings and it'll take you right to the most recent episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening to this whole week. I will see you guys again on Monday. We'll talk about whatever happens with those free agent contracts and situations over the weekend. Hopefully something will move on that front and we will continue on Monday with another Mock Draft Monday and a prospect of the day. Can't wait to talk to you guys on the other side of the weekend. And as always, Skull. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.